Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, Prepare the Way. And today, Mallory and I are covering a really fun topic, and it is how to study the Bible. And so I'm not sure if some of you are aware, but Mallory did say in episode one that she is the mom of a couple of young, really little kids, two and under. And so Mallory really makes an effort to join us for this podcast and really puts in a lot of work and attention into bringing you um, such relevant information. And so I just want to appreciate Mallory for that, first (laughs) of all, but also maybe Mallory, give everyone just a little glimpse into your life so they can really appreciate you being here on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much, Carol. I mean, it is, I was thinking today, it is one of the hardest things if you've been a mom, you know, I'm just in the throes of it, like two and under, how quickly your life can change in two years. (laughs) But it is just entertainment every single day. My two-year-old is so funny. She has crazy curly hair. And when she wakes up from a nap or sleeping, it looks like she can be electrocuted. (laughs) Like her hair is so crazy. But yeah, I mean, even a couple weeks ago, our toilet was clogged for the longest time because she had she stuck a toothbrush down the toilet. <laughs> and we knew she stuck something down there, but we didn't know what. We finally got one of those snake things to get out the toilet. But it's just stuff like that. Like we'll find a doll in the shower or a Cheeto in my purse or, oh, the worst is when I sit on applesauce packets. I cannot tell you how many times I've stepped or sat on an applesauce packet. There was one time I was going to church and you know, sometimes it's just hard to find a cute outfit. And it took me such a long time. And I finally found it. We were already running running late. And then boom, I sit on an applesauce packet and it goes all over my pants. So that's the fun into my life. It's so fun. Well, thanks for being here. I know, I know what you go through to get here. So I just so appreciate you so much. (laughs) And um, as I said, Mallory and I, were going to be talking today about something very practical. And one of the things I absolutely love about Mallory is she is a practical application girl. I'm a how-to girl. So she knows how (laughs) to pull me back into reality to apply things that we talk about. So This is such a topic for you today, and I'm so excited to hear all your input and thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so why don't we just um, get going on that? And Mm -hmm. I just want you to take over. So Mallory, maybe explain to the audience um, your observations about studying the Bible and your own personal experience with it and what you're discovering in your age group amongst your peers. Yeah, I think that's a great question, and I am really excited today because I love how-to. And Carol, you mentioned this as well. So I started reading the Bible, really starting to want to pursue it about eight years ago. And I also started in Genesis, like you said. Mm -hmm. And this was a time where there weren't podcasts. There were not as many resources. There probably were, but I didn't, I was a college student. I didn't have a car and (laughs) I, I didn't, I wasn't really that into pursuing it as much. So yeah, I started in Genesis and I think what I felt was, wow, this can be, very overwhelming and confusing. And so if you felt at that place, um, you feel that right now, or you're just in a place that you're looking for a new reading plan, this is such a great episode for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in my experience right now, what I'm seeing, which is something really to give attention to, is we need to just be making sure that we are getting our own daily bread, so to speak. And, you know, because now there are so many Christian spiritual podcasts out there that are amazing and so helpful. But, you know, we do not need a pastor to rely or explain the Bible to us. And that has its place. And keep doing those things. I'm just encouraging you 
add to your own if that is taking the place of reading the Bible for yourself. God wants to encounter you. We talked about this in the last episode. We don't have to be biblical scholars. The Holy Spirit is right there with you and wants to teach you the word. And, you know, I think that, you know, there's even devotionals today that are so good and helpful. Um, But sometimes those are only a couple verses and then a lot of people's opinion. And so, you know, I just encourage you to get in the word yourself. And I think that we are to go wide and deep. We are to go, I think devotionals are so good to go deep, but wide. How do we know the story as a whole? Um, So, yeah. Is there anything you wanted to add to that? No, I just, I'm looking at you and I'm in, I'm in awe because you're a mom of little ones. How are you doing this with little ones? Yeah, it's busy. And a little bit of my background is that I was with a ministry, Youth with a Mission. And so most of my days were in worship, in prayer. And, <laughs> and it was so wonderful. And I have to say, when I came into momhood, I thought, this must not be holy because I cannot, <laughs> I cannot pray as much as I used to, but it can be done. And I want to say too, if you are a mom of littles or you're in a season where you're taking care of a loved one and it's just a different season, there are different seasons of life and each one is so holy. And just to bring that full circle, I have felt more sanctified in motherhood <laughs> than any of those times of doing prayer and worship and outreaches, um, ministry trips. So just encourage you of that. And God, we're going to go into this more, but pray about what your season looks like. And so for me, I, just because my season is busy, it looks different than before, but I'm still getting into the word as hard Mm -hmm. as it is. And the thing is that you guys following Jesus is costly. And he, the Lord especially told me at the start of this year, he said, if you want to go deeper, it's going to cost you. And I have felt that it's hard waking up in the morning. I am a morning person, so I do wake up, but still to get up before my littles, it's hard. And there's grace. The last two mornings I slept until my kids literally woke up. (laughs) Yeah. But... Yeah, if that answers your question. It does, and that word cost is great. I have said that for years. It does cost you. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you sleep. And um, I remember when my kids were little, I even if it was, I always tried to get up before them, and they all got up early. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even if I got 15 minutes in, I celebrated that. And I think yeah. that's a great reminder. Celebrate what you can do. Mm-hmm. And don't be too hard on yourself, but make sure whatever you're doing, you know, we can spend hours on social media. So make sure that we are really applying a lot of time to the Lord too. Yeah, so. that's a great point. So let's segue into studying the Bible. And I know last podcast, we had mentioned that um, that it's helpful to take the books um, or the Bible book by book because they all tie together. Every text, which we had said in the last episode, um, as we call a verse, is in context of that particular book. And that book is in the context of history. So we're gonna dig into that a little more towards the end. Um, But just as a reminder, as we go through and try to help set you up practically on studying the Bible, just to be thinking of the Bible in that way. And also to be reminded that the Bible is written in a context of time and space. It was written by people and at a particular period of time. 
and particular audience in a particular place. And it was a message from God to those people then. So as we move forward um, into, like I said, getting set up, just keep those things in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So let's get started. Let's get started. Great. So let's start with some basics. How, Carol, do you get yourself set up correctly? Oh, well, first of all, I guess the uh, question is, do you have a Bible? That's a good start. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a very good start. Um, and where to buy one. So if you're out there and you're listening, you don't have a Bible, we're in Colorado. We do not have a lot of Christian bookstores out here, but we do have a Mardell's, which is part of the Hobby Lobby family. And if you are listening in your local, in Golden, there is a wonderful little ministry called Dwelling Place Books, and they also have beautiful Bibles you can purchase. Besides, of course, the obvious, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, but we really try to support Christian yeah. organizations and businesses. You can also go online, and there's christianbook.com. You can, like I said, Amazon. There's Mardell's. You can even do Mardell direct. Sadly, you know, some of these Christian bookstores are going out of business, which yeah. is so sad. Um, or you can download a Bible. So I know there's the version, which is a really popular uh, Bible app, and they have different instructions on that app or instruction on that app. And it's just a well laid out application. So if there's any other online, I don't, I use it on occasion, but I am a mm-hmm. hard copy girl. Mm-hmm. So if there is another app that you would recommend, Mallory, um, is there any other Bible app that you use that's different than you version? Yeah, I'm the same way as you, Carol. I also like to have the physical version. I have the U version. The good thing about that too is for also for a young mom, they have um, a little devotional on mm. it where they take a verse and then explain it. And that's really good if you need something quick. So that's what I really like about that one. I am an audio, you guys, audio Bibles are amazing. Even oh, if those, you're that's like- a great idea. Yeah. yeah. If I'm in the car going somewhere mm-hmm. and I have 20 minutes, I can turn on the audio Bible. And so for me, I like Bible Gateway. I'm very Ooh, specific great. of the voices. Yeah. And so Bible Gateway is one that I found a voice that's easier Who's to listen to. Who's the guy that was the voice of Darth Vader? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not sure where you're going with it. <laughs> he has a he narrates a very popular Bible app, and um, oh goodness, his name's escaping me. But people my age will know exactly who it is. It'll come to me. But um, that's actually a great idea. Those audio Bibles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. That's a great way to get it in. Awesome. Yeah, to get them in your Bible. And and then the next obvious question is translation. So translations are important and. Actually, translations, it's really a personal preference, but I'm going to list out some of the translations and you can jot some of these down or maybe you already are familiar with them. And again, it's a personal preference. I don't think on this particular podcast, we're going to go into which one's more accurate, which one's not, so on and so forth. I think we'll leave that one aside. So first of all, we have the ESV, which is translated as English Standard Version. Then there is a King James Version, which was actually one of the original translations. Then there's a, and that one's in the English that's like thou and ye and all that. So some people don't really want to read that because it's not in everyday Mm -hmm. language on how we speak. So then there's the new King James Version, which is more how we speak day to day. Then you have the NASB, which is New American Standard Bible, 
A lot of people like to use this one. There is also NIV, which is New International Version, and LT, which is New Living Translation. Do you see how many translations there are? Mm -hmm. There is also a Tree of Life, which is, I love that it brings in the Hebraic names of God and uh, more of a Messianic um, translation. And then I was just at Dwelling Place Books this morning, actually, picking up a new Bible because I have a lot of Bibles and I have, you know, a Geneva Bible. I have a King James. I have a New King James. I have ESV. I have an Israel Bible. I have lots of different Bibles, but I just picked up a new one. And this one's called the Illustrated Bible. And it's in the ESV translation. And it's, I just bought it because it's beautiful. It's just really pretty. And I have another Bible that I write all my notes in. And, you know, it's basically been my therapist for the last 25 years. <laughs> um, and then, but she was showing me a few new Bibles that she just got in. She, she has this one called the Illustrator's Notebook, Note Taker Bible, I'm sorry. And that one's kind of neat because if you're an artist, it's got those, not coloring pages, but little trims yeah. that mm-hmm. you can do soft colored pencils and make it really pretty and colorful on the pages of scripture. So if you like to doodle, that might be a great Bible for you. She also had another Bible. It was These two were in the New King James Version. One was called Beautiful Word Bible in the large print, and that one was beautiful too. And then this one was neat. It's called Journal the Word Bible, and it had built-in places for journaling. Mm-hmm. So Bibles are really a personal preference. And whatever it is that you, you it's going to be a book that's going to become so dear to you. And you want to be able to just kind of cozy up with it and enjoy it and and enjoy reading it. So uh, again, you know, we can go into which ones are more accurate later. But right now, those are just some of the translations. Then you also have what's called a study Bible. Those are going to be a lot thicker because in the study Bibles, which I have one of those, um, you have the verses, but then underneath you'll have an explanation of those verses. And so that really is helpful when you're starting out your journey and learning how to read the Bible. A study Bible, I think, is very, very helpful. And then you have a chronological Bible. My husband, we both actually have the same one, but he has, he really enjoys the chronological Bible. It actually puts all of the books in the Bible in the correct order of which, of when things occurred. And then in that, when you're reading scripture, uh, you are reading, you can be reading in one book, but all of a sudden it pulls in from another book because that applies to that particular period of time. Again, we go back to the context of reading in the correct time and space on when things were written. So my husband loves that. He has one called the NIV. It's in the NIV version, but it's called the Daily Bible. So that's kind of a good little rundown of some Bibles. And again, what I would suggest, and maybe you would suggest this too, mm-hmm. I go to Mardell's or wherever and I mm-hmm. sit and I flip through and I try to look at a Bible and see what speaks to me. Mm -hmm. So, and that's how I choose. Yeah, I'm the same way too. And I liked what you said because it is, it's almost like I look at my book and I already get emotional. Mm -hmm. And there was a book that my first Bible that I had in mind was a study and I look at it and all these emotions flood back. And that's why, you know, encourage you to go out and get one and, and get one that fits you. I mean, mine is 
pink and, and <laughs> you have it sitting right here. It's so cute. It has pretty writing, and mine is a journaling Bible, so I can write on this date this happened, and God showed me oh. this, so it's all there in one place, and it's just so sweet. So encourage you, yeah. And yeah. I got mine. I wish I got mine from Ardell, but they didn't have it. But Amazon had a sale. I got it for 30 bucks. You know, oh, so you don't perfect. have to spend yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I found my King James Version at a thrift shop. It was a dollar. Mm. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> you really don't have to spend a lot of money. <laughs> there you go. And then the last thing I'll say, Mallory, is um, a concordance. I think a concordance is vital. And I actually bought a separate, and I know they have them online too, but I have a really thick huge book concordance and what the concordance does it helps you in deeper study because the old testament's written in in uh hebrew and some aramaic and then you have the new testament written in greek and you have to understand sometimes the deeper meaning behind words especially the hebrew because the hebrew language is it's unbelievable it is so incredible and one word can mean a whole sentence i mean mm-hmm. it though hebrew words and the hebrew alphabet are are really quite stunning actually and it brings so much depth to the scripture so if you do a concordance my recommendation is this when you look up words you have to use the king james version translation so if you're in an ESV and you're trying to find a word in a particular verse and you're trying to look in a big concordance for that word, you're not going to find it. You have to take that verse, bring it into the King James translation, which you can do online if you mm-hmm. don't have a King James Version Bible, find that word, and then you'll be able to find it in the concordance. So if the word, for example, is wrath, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're in the Old Testament, you're going to look in the Hebrew section of the concordance for oh, that word. Mm-hmm. And But you have to look it up in the King James. If you hear the word wrath in the book of Revelation, you have to look it up in the Greek portion of the concordance. So those are just a couple little tidbits on how a concordance will work. And there's multiple different lexicons for looking up words but just for the sake of simplicity just start with like maybe a strong's concordance or something and just get your feet wet and Mm -hmm. start there yeah i'm glad you explained that because i think that is something that not a lot of people know how to use Mm -hmm. and carol is somebody you you know she'll read a bible verse well this word actually means and it does it (laughs) opens up wow i didn't even Mm -hmm. understand the intent of that original author and you start feeling the real weight of scripture yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's a really good way to put it Yeah, so let's talk about time. How much time are we going to set aside to read it? Um, You know, I hope that I am able to say this correctly, but I heard from somebody who I very much respect. He said that the level of your holiness is in accordance to what your schedule looks like. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. (laughs) So basically, like, it does. I think he said, show me your schedule and I'll show you your level of holiness. Like, Mm -hmm. you can tell from your schedule and that we are to put time aside. And that really convicted me when I heard that. And, you know, like I said, I'm in a busy season. I'm in a busy season with littles. And so it does look different. And, you know, like I said, it does cost me more time. But you guys, it is so worth it. And there are still days when it's just the day where I just pull up the version or I do a quick devotional, and that's enough bread for that day, so to speak. Um, 
But, you know, there's grace for when you don't have an hour to set aside time, but there's grace to go deeper, Mm -hmm. even in those busy seasons. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so just encourage you with that. And just can I say something Mm -hmm. just about the holiness part? Because Mm -hmm. I have a feeling people are probably on the other end like, what? What do they mean? Yeah, you please come in and explain. No, it's okay. I actually think maybe a better word might be just however, how deep you know him. It's yeah. going to really reflect in how much time you're spending with him. And that's one of the key things mm-hmm. in scripture is, do you know me? Yeah. So that's all I'd say to that. No, I'm so yeah. glad you said that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just encourage you to ask God practically, what does this season look like for you when it comes to reading your Bible? And remember, seasons change. And just encourage you, write it on your calendar, make an appointment with God. Mm. And this might look like maybe you waking up early or at night, instead of watching TV, you open up your Bible. For me, I'm not a night person at all. I love Mm -hmm. mornings. And so I will wake up early. Um, But you know, you may even be at a job where you have a long lunch break and you can make that in your time as well. You know, your schedule, that's why I'm saying, go back to the Lord. What does he say about your time? Don't look at what other people are saying. Yes, you should be in the word. Um, but make that with God because he will give you grace, whatever he's asking you to do. And like I said, put in your schedule, keep an appointment. Um, and you know, if you were to make an appointment with somebody and you canceled the appointment, we do that with God so often. (laughs) And I think that we need to have reverence for that time. And he's waiting for us. You know, he is. Mm. We talked about in another episode how his heart can break mm. and yeah. how he's like, I'm waiting for you. Just come come spend time with me. And he's so kind. So, yeah, write it down in your calendar. And I just promise you, if you stick with it, you will see fruit in your life. You will know the Lord more and you will grow in the fruits of the Spirit. And who doesn't want to grow in the fruits of the Spirit? Yeah. So we're told that the word of God does not return void. That's in Isaiah 55, verse 11. And also that the word of God is alive and active. That's from Hebrews 4.12. I love that. Isn't Thanks that for reminding us of that. Yeah. So even when we were talking about the other books, you know, the other historical books like the Iliad, yeah. and those books are not alive. This is, we are encountering someone. And so while you're reading it, it's doing something in your heart. It is not turning void and it is changing you into the likeness of God. So whether you open up your Bible and read a couple verses, it is never a waste and it never returns void. It is doing something in your heart and it is sanctifying you into the image of God. I love that you just brought all that up. You know, I was just talking to one of my sisters this morning and she studies the Bible intensely every day. And just got done saying, you know, I've read this verse a hundred times, but yet she reread this particular verse about Abraham and it spoke something new to her. And Mm -hmm. I think you made a great point. It's living and all those other books aren't. And so I just love that you brought that up. Yeah, I think that's so funny too. I actually have a story. One of my friends, she has a sign at her house. It's a Bible verse and it says, we love God because he first loved us. It's like, I have heard that verse so many times yeah. before. One time I looked at it and I literally was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that <laughs> it, it just hit me you. in such a different way. And ever since, you know, it's like, I'm, I've am i read that verse so many times or heard it so many times. And it's like, boom, the Lord will drop that yes. in your spirit. Yeah. And so I encourage you, if you're reading it, and that's also a good point, is when you come to the word, come humble like a child. Yeah. And 
act as though, God, you are going to teach me something new. I heard this one girl say, oh, I've read the Bible, so I don't need to anymore. It's like, oh my gosh, you are so mistaken. Wow. wow. I love getting into it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go to the next part. Make a plan. So I personally have found if I do not make a plan, I will randomly open up my Bible and I will get nowhere and then I'll think into space. <laughs> yes, Carol, <laughs> make it when you make a circle with your hand and hope that you land on the right page. Um, and I'm not doing this to be religious or anything like that. I am doing this so I get in my word more. So I encourage you, make a plan, whatever that looks like. It can You can say, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. We're going to talk about resources and how to do that. That's one way. Or you could say, I'm going to take it book by book. But I just encourage you, to have a plan before you come into your time of reading the Bible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just so you know where to go and that you're using your precious time wisely as well. Um, So what Bible plans would you recommend? Yes, there are so many great Bible plans out there. Um, And how do you get them? Yeah. yeah, you guys, now we have so many resources. It is so crazy. It is crazy. pretty incredible, yeah. Um, so one reading plan that I like, it's not a reading plan, but this is more, I'm gonna change your question from maybe plans uh, to more tools that are useful and helpful. So one I wanna start off is the Bible Project. If you guys haven't heard about this, this is such a great organization. And it takes, I mean, you can YouTube Bible Project Book of Genesis, and they will do an illustrated, it's a really cool illustration, and they will go over the main points, the historical context, just a 12 minute where if you're about to start opening a book of the Bible that you've never read or don't know too much, this will give you such great information to start that off. They also have a website, I think it's bibleproject.com, and there you can you can either use YouTube or you can look them up on their website. They've got a lot of other resources. Those are free videos. So and they're so great because if you're not, I think they're going for people. If you're not a Bible scholar and you just want to watch a video, I'm a video person. So that's a really good one to look out for. Uh, reading plans are so great. I really like one. It's the ESV Study Guide, and they have an ESV. Um, I think it's a brand Bible. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what it is. But if you just Google ESV Book of Daniel, let's say, they have a lot of books and it'll be a 12-week study. And what I really like about this study is that it's not somebody's personal opinion. It's What I really like about it is that it gives you references for... Um, for cross-references. So this says this here, but go look at this, of the, how this prophesied this verse. Mm-hmm. I might be making mm-hmm. it confusing. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I really like about it. Um, when you're looking for it, they have it at Mardell. Um, again, you can do Amazon. That two-day mm-hmm. shipping is so fast, but I encourage you to go to Mardell's. <laughs> um, and so you know if you find it, it's, it has an orangle orange triangle at the top. And like I said, it's not somebody's opinion. And I think that's really good. That's really important today. Yeah. Yeah. Because somebody can take something and you're trusting them because you're reading the book and it's actually somebody's opinion, but this is based on historical context and it encourages you to get digging deeper in the Bible. So that's great. So that's a really good one. Um, and there's also, podcasts as well, where you can go through the whole Bible. We were talking about audio Bible, the whole Bible in a year. So if you can listen to, so I would, whatever podcast platform you use, just, uh, 
search Bible in a year. And there's so many of that's these terrific. where you listen to it and it's only 10 to 15 minutes or something. And that's what you do it one day at a time. And then you go through the whole Bible in a year. For oh, a that's 10, great. Yeah. That's great. For 10 minutes. Um, so yeah, I think that those are all good tools out there that I have used. Sometimes you just have to hear what other people are using. Ask mm-hmm. around, ask mm-hmm. your friends. And yeah, would you say that there's any that you like? <laughs> Mine's kind of random. <laughs> it's not really a plan. But um, for those of you that might be a Messianic Christian out there, maybe you go to Shabbat, maybe you are trying to follow um, some of the reading plans that they offer. There is a great Messianic calendar from Galilee Calendar Company, and you can get it off of Amazon. But what I like about that is on Saturdays, uh, which is Shabbat or Sabbath um, for a lot of people, you have a Bible reading plan that's a little more unique. So it's a little different than these. And what it does is it takes you into um, one of the first five books of the Bible. You do it in order. And it takes you through, I mean, a huge chunks, like five or six chapters. Then it gives you something in the historical writings or the rest of, whether through the prophets or the Psalms or something else in the Old Testament. Then it brings you into a New Testament um, book and brings you into a chapter or two in that. And what it does is it marries the old and the new together so you can understand what the New Testament writers we're trying to pull from in the old. It's a lot of reading, but it is so rich. And so that's something that's kind of fun too. So I recommended that to people as well. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it takes you through the first five books, which is also the Torah or the Pentateuch. Um, It takes you through that um, in a course of a year. And because you're so going deep into the study of that. So there's so many different things. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of it. If you're out there and you've been studying the Bible for a while and you want something a little different, yeah. that little calendar might be a nice, mm-hmm. fun little option. Yeah. So, and yeah. I even started to, I read through the Bible as a whole and got the whole story. And now I'm going back kind of book by book and going yeah. deep. So whatever, like I said before, pray about it, get with the Lord. Yeah. Ask him to highlight something to you. And I think you just made a great point, book by book, um, because like, we've said, it's really important to maybe read them book by book because you are reading, it's like you would be reading a collection of books or a series of books on a different topic somewhere else that's not biblically related. Here you have all these books in the Bible and maybe it's great to read them book by book and really understand what's happening in that context of time and space. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that's great. So Carol, would you say that a journal is necessary? I do, and here's why. So my first 15 years of my walk with Jesus Christ, I did not journal. And then I all of a sudden started to just have these words and these thoughts and all these things that kept popping in my head in a repetitive basis. And I just had this urging and nudging to go and write them down. So my journaling, I started after the first 15 years being a Christian. And now I've got so many journals, I can't even tell you, because what it does is in my time with the Lord, through prayer and through studying the Bible, uh, there's so much um, that the Holy Spirit is revealing that I think uh, it's so important to capture the verse that spoke to you. It's important to capture 
what prayer spoke to you. It's so important to capture those thoughts. I don't, I don't do like a dear diary or mm-hmm. anything <laughs> like that. I don't talk about mm-hmm. all of that. My journaling is more about what God is saying to me through his spirit, through these little knowings and nudgings and through his word. And so I'm telling you what, I have got so many journals that I still pull from because of times when he was revealing different things and especially teaching, you know, at jeremiahscall.org where we have all these studies, every single one of our studies come from prayer. Mm-hmm. And so months and months of prayer before we decide what we're teaching, we want to get confirmation um, from the spirit of God on that. And so I journal all that. So I do think journaling is necessary and I don't get anything fancy schmancy. There is a particular journal that's at Walgreens that has this little <laughs> flap on it. <laughs> so yeah. when I go, I buy like three at a time because they're always out of stock, uh-huh. but it fits beautifully into the side pocket of my Bible. That's why I get, I have that one. So yeah. it goes with me everywhere I go. So, And as you're saying that, that makes me think, because I'm not as much of a journaler. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a verbal processor. <clears throat> Bless my husband. <laughs> <laughs> He is so sweet and he is such a good listener, but it makes me think I need to journal because I want to be a good steward mm-hmm. of what the Lord is, is showing, t- you. showing me mm-hmm. and I don't want to forget, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. So it's, it's very personal again, like Bible translations, very personal, mm-hmm. but it's, it's for me, it's, um, it's, ne- it's necessary. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So those are, that was such great information. I'm so grateful that you shared that because a lot of people don't really hear that from too many folks and don't know where to start. So mm-hmm. now that you're getting set up, now that you know what kind of reading plans and all that fun, groovy stuff, now we're going to talk about something practical. Now you're ready, right? You're ready to sit down, dig into the Bible. So let me just take a few minutes of the last part of this podcast and share with you how the Bible is laid out. I'm not going to go into, you know, all the books and all that, but what I am going to share is maybe something a little different. So first of all, just so you're aware, the basically the whole Old Testament covers about 2,000 years of history before Christ. Now, before I get a couple of you saying, wait a minute, you forgot the other 2,000 years. I know. So let me back <laughs> up that bus in just a second. But in Genesis... 1 through 11, Genesis chapters 1 through 11, that is what some scholars call a prehistory or prehistoric part of the Bible. This is when you have the creation of the universe, you have the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, you have the flood, the Tower of Babel, certain stories that you may or may not have heard of, but it's all about man. There's no Israel yet, which is a mass, which is what 99% of the Bible is about. Um, but it's, this is all about mankind, not God's chosen people yet. And so this is a prehistoric part that covered a span of years. Then about 2,000 years in, you have the history of Israel. It begins, and it is around 2000 B.C., Presently, we are a little over 2,000 years of when Christ came and died and rose. So we are about 4,000 years separated from the history of Israel. And we are going to go into that in another podcast because I think you are going to totally enjoy that. That Mm -hmm. is a real fascinating part of the Bible. But I just want to get some time periods in your mind 
so that when you're going through it, you really understand what's taking place. So from here, the easiest, easiest, easiest way to look at your Old Testament is to take when Israel, the history of Israel began, which is after Genesis 11, when he starts to call Abraham and all of that, right? And divide up time periods from there into four equal parts of 500 years. Very distinct periods of time, events, and people. And so you have those 2,000 years before Jesus Christ, as we will call like the patriarch period. And the key person in that is going to be Abraham. And that covers the span of Abraham to Joseph. And you may not know who Joseph is yet, and I'm not talking about Mary's husband, Joseph, because I remember when I first started reading the Bible, I'm like, wait a minute, Joseph belongs with Mary. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Oh, yeah. So it's a different Joseph. Then at about 1500 years BC, and you're going to give or take a few years. I'm just trying to make this super simple for you. Yeah, it's helpful. You have the prophet period. And I know this might confuse some people because we consider the prophets all these other people in the Bible, but this is the Exodus period, Moses to Samuel. Moses was a prophet, and Samuel was a prophet, a very powerful prophet. Then you have what's called the princes period, and this is a thousand years before Jesus Christ was born, and this is the period of like the empire. This is the key person, and this is David. But you have King Saul, and you have Zedekiah. So you have this season of kings. Then the 500 years before Jesus Christ, you have what's called the exile, and they call this kind of the priest period. And so the key person in that are going to be these major prophets of like Isaiah and Joshua, and because they were priests. A lot of people just call them prophets, but they were also priests. And so if you can look at your Bible as you're going through the Old Testament, knowing that there are these sections that that's how, his, that's how it's moving through history. So roughly these four events fit into, the, these, into those four dates. And you can see that throughout that period of 2,000 years, how the leadership changes in that time period from patriarchs to prophets to princes to priests. That's really, 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 really important to note when you read the Bible. It doesn't mean that there weren't prophets at other times or priests at other times, but the leadership of the nation of Israel passed from one group to another. And this is really important to understand about your Bible. Most of the Bible is about the nation of Israel and the Jewish people, like it or not. It's a Middle Eastern book written by Middle Eastern people. And so, and it takes place in a Middle Eastern land. And so we have to get our mindset around that. But this is what the leadership was like. It passed from one group to another until Jesus came. And what was Jesus? He was a prophet, a priest, and a king all rolled into one. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. So when you move out of the Old Testament, it's closing out with the leadership of the priests because all the kings and princes screwed it up. And so now all of a sudden it takes Jesus to make everything right because all the other leadership failed in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And so we see this transition take place 
beginning in the Gospels. And that's what's so beautiful. So if you understand that a little bit, it's just super helpful when you're reading through and it doesn't seem so confusing. Um, The other thing I wanna just note, there are some poetry books in the Bible, like the Psalms or Song of Solomon. Actually, most of the prophetic books, the books of the prophets are written in a poetic style. And the rest is written in like what they would call a prose. And there's something very important to understand about God in those styles. When you're reading history or you're reading all these different things in your Bible, or especially the Old Testament, that's where people seem to have the hardest time is the Old Testament. The prose is um, all about, you know, helps you understand the mind of God. Because it is all, it's it's, it's all, it, it goes into the, it's that cerebral part of us, right? But when you go into the poetry part of the prophets and the Song of Solomon and Proverbs and all these things, it touches into the feelings and the heart of God. So in the Old Testament, just be aware of that too. There's the parts that really tap into the heart and feelings of God, and then there's the parts that tap into the head and the knowledge of God. And so that's just kind of fun. And I think that makes it to why we're talking about it's book by book and then putting them all together. And we really do need to read all of these books to know him as a whole. And I liked what you were going into about the Old Testament as well, because it gives me, when you were talking about Jesus came for all of these, how much greater of an understanding while you're reading the New Testament with that background knowledge of the Old Testament. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get into that a different time, how Jesus is all throughout the Old Testament. It's so powerful. Mm -hmm. But now that you got that down, and we're almost done, but the next thing to understand is to put in two gaps. And we're talking the Old Testament here. And each of these gaps of time are 400 years. The first gap takes place before the exodus of Egypt. So before Moses takes the people out and let my people go and all that, it's 400 years of slavery for the for the. Hebraic people, the Israelite people. And the second gap is before the birth of Jesus. It's at the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, before the gospel of Matthew, 400 years. And on both occasions during those 400 years, God said nothing and he did nothing. So there's nothing in your Bible during those two periods of time. Now there were books written during those periods, but not they're not in our Bible because they don't cover the time when God was saying and doing things. And that's key to all of these books in the Bible and why they came into the canon. God was active. God was working and speaking. So in the gap before Jesus, those books that were written are the Apocrypha. We touched upon that in episode two. There's a lot of great historical books in the Apocrypha, but you won't find them in our Bibles. You'll find them in the Catholic Bibles, though. So if you're Catholic and you're listening, that's that collection of books that's in your Bible. And so it's just kind of, it's important to know. So so if God was silent in, in those periods, what was man doing? Because man is never silent. We don't know how to be silent, right? So in that first gap, when the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt before Moses brought them out, you have the Egyptian, the Indian, and Chinese cultures developing. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And then the second gap of 400 years before Jesus, you have Socrates, you have Plato, 
You have Aristotle, the Greek influence permeated culture. You had Buddha. You had Confucius. And then you had people like Alexander the Great and Julius Caesar. You see, even when God isn't busy with all of us, man is. And so all these other teachings and beliefs came in and permeated culture when God was silent. I just find Mm -hmm. that part really interesting. And then you move into the New Testament, which is relatively simple. You have the four gospels, which is the life of Jesus, which was his last three years. You have the epistles written by John and Paul and Peter. And then you close the beautiful book out with the revelation of John about Jesus, what's going to happen to close this age out. So the Bible is just so beautiful. But if you can just understand maybe a few things like that, it just might help you. Mallory has you all set up. Now you kind of understand mm-hmm. a basic, basic, basic layout of the book. And um, and we just want you to enjoy reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so great. Thanks for sharing that, Carol. So what would you say is a good Bible study to start with? We kind of talked about that a little bit. We, you but, did talk about yeah. that a little bit. But you can always go to jeremiahscall.org. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> no, um, we, do yes. have, we do have. We do. No, but yes, we do have studies there. But you know, here's what I did. I went to. Well, we don't really have many Christian bookstores anymore. But I went through recommendations of people. But the first time when I was kind of on my own, I just went to a Christian bookstore and I just said, "I want to learn the Bible." And I picked up a study and just started going through things myself. And I think the question you need to ask yourself if you want to do a Bible study, is this. What do you want to learn about? I think you need to decide that first. And do you want to do, you want to do a book that somebody, uh, where it's really just basically somebody, you know, telling you things about how to be a better person, or do you really want to learn the Word? Um, how much time do you want to give it? Different Bible studies are going to require different amounts of time. I mean, I'm sure you know that too. Mm -hmm. Some of them are pretty in-depth and they can take hours upon hours a week. Um, But then there are some that are more straightforward and simple. And Mm -hmm. I think Mallory did a great job kind of leading you in a good direction about that. And the last question would be, are you willing to make the time to put in? That's always, it always comes down to that. I, I can't tell you, how many people we've talked to, and it's, I just don't have time. I just don't have time. Well, that goes back to Mary, Mallory's comment on cost. You got to make time, and it's going to cost you mm-hmm. something. It's going to cost you sleep. It's going to cost you something. A night out with friends, it's going to cost you something. So you've got you to count your costs before you start. And mm-hmm. I think once you count your costs and you understand what your payment's going to be in the whole thing, then I think you'll be at peace with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so good. The cost piece. And I just feel like I'm supposed to say this for somebody out there as well. If you're like me, you can get a new study comes up and then a new one, or I didn't hear this, just choose one and stick with it. So maybe you stick with it eight week, just start it and finish it and then move on. Yeah. I need to tell myself that. That's great. Well, guys, before Mallory closes us out of here, I just have to tell you, this has been (laughs) the funniest podcast for us to, to um, record because you can't see anything. I cannot tell you how many disruptions we've had trying to record this podcast between my dogs and everything else in between. I mean, uh, you know, somebody doesn't want people to learn how to study the Bible, but Mm -hmm. just muscle through. We muscle through this podcast. So if you hear strange sounds in the background, we apologize, but, um, but that's life, right? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, well, you guys, thanks so much for joining us today. And if you have questions or comments or you just want to drop us a note, you can email us at preparetheway@jcm.com, or you can visit us at jeremiahscall.org. Until next time, you guys. Take thanks. care, everybody. Bye.